Jepang. Good moment, America. How are you? This is the Terry Wilkerson Show. I am Terry. And as always, I'm just an ordinary man taking a look at an extraordinary world in which we all live. The 2022 Douchebag Awards, 2022 Douchebag of the Year Awards, have come and gone, and I want to thank Chip Wink and Nod for coming in and hosting it for me. I was away, and I was on vacation, uh, a family vacation, away for the Christmas holiday, and enjoyed it. Enjoyed it quite a bit. It was the first Christmas in quite a while that um, really didn't have a lot of stress, really didn't have a lot going on. Was just able to sit back, relax, you know, watch some classic movies. Um, European, or not European vacation, although that is a classic. Christmas vacation, of course, you have to watch that. That's a standard on Christmas. Um, yeah, I had a few beers, had a couple of shots, and, you know, I, we, we did watch the new A Christmas Story story. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. It's... You know, for a movie that was a a kind of a sequel slash metaverse version of the original Christmas story, it was incredibly good. It can be a standalone movie, but if you are of the generation that grew up watching a Christmas story every year, like myself, then it's a phenomenal second chapter to it. It's a great way to wrap up everything that went on with Ralphie and with Scott Farkas. That that particular interaction in this movie was hilarious. The the fact that Flick and Schwartz and everybody who was a main character, Randy, everybody who was a main character from the original movie had an appearance in A Christmas Story Story, with the exception, of course, of uh, the dad and the mom. Well, the mom was in the movie, but she was actually played by, and I forget her name, but she was the lady in Airplane. You know, the um, the stewardess from the classic movie Airplane. The father from A Christmas Story, of course, passed away years ago, was unable, because of that, to be in the movie. But it was a really good way of circumventing it. I, I think, honestly, if he had still been alive, they couldn't have made a sequel. This was the only way to do it, was to have Ralphie take over the family Christmas and a great movie, great little, um, heartfelt story. Great little, great little, uh, I, I, I stumble over the words because I'm not very good when it comes to conveying the emotions I feel about something when it's heartfelt or heartwarming. It, it's very difficult for me to really feel any type of emotion when it comes to a movie or anything like that. But when I do, it's, all but impossible for me to be able to explain it. And that's something I I have to work on that. That's something that I think my family knows. Uh, my fiancé knows that. My friends know that. I'm just not a guy who can truly express normal emotions. And it kind of comes out what I'm trying to explain things, like why I liked this movie. But if you get a chance, check it out. A Christmas Story Story. I believe it's exclusively on HBO Max. Um, unless you're one of those who uses, you know, the uh, the interwebs to find whatever you're looking at. Either way, it's a um, great movie. Go check it out. <laughs> I, I highly recommend it. Let's see what else. Um, like I said, I was away on vacation. That's where all this came in. 
I was away on vacation for the uh, Christmas holiday. And Chip Winkinod came in and he did the Douchey Awards for me. And he did a phenomenal job. I want to thank him for everything he did. Uh, for And he apparently he lost his script. I don't know how in the hell he did it because I gave him his script. And apparently he did the whole damn thing on the fly. So congratulations, you know, because you didn't sound like shit. You actually looked pretty good doing it there, Chip. So uh, congratulations. I, I'm sure this was one of the biggest honors of your life. And the 2022 awards are a huge hit. Huge, literally, because... The Douchebag Awards, the actual video for the show was too big to upload to either my Odyssey or Rumble channels. And as you all know, fuck YouTube, I'm not putting anything up on there. So it's actually available via download on the website. We're going to have a link in the video description for this. And of course on the website, terrywilkerson.com. There's a link to a private server that I have that holds this massive award show that we did. Please feel free to download it, share it with all your friends. We're very proud of it and very, very happy with the job that Chip Wink and I did. As a matter of fact, there's um, a discussion currently going on about bringing Chip in for an interview to talk about his experience in running the Douchebag of the Year Awards and for me to be able to face-to-face -face thank him, because I haven't seen him since the uh, pre-production for the awards, since I gave him that script that somehow he lost in between here and Reading. So what else has been going on, America? Well, the holidays are over. We have gotten through Thanksgiving, we've gotten through Christmas, we've gotten through New Year's, and we've gotten through the election of a Speaker of the House. We'll get to that in just a minute. So we've gotten through, and my co-host, Norma Jean, the cat, has come in. If you can hear her meowing, she's saying, hi, America. If you can't hear her, she's over here purring away because I'm giving her a chin rub, and she says, hi, America. What else has been going on? America, I, I can't believe I'm going into my fourth year hosting this show. I haven't been on the air four years. I'm going into my fourth year. We started in 2019, and of course 2019, 2020, 21, 22, and now 2023 we're going into, and it's just, it, it's mind-blowing to me that I've been doing this now, since 2019, I've been doing this for four years, and I've done every type of format change, I've done this on video, I've done it on audio, I've done it live stream, I've done it as a call-in, I've done it in every conceivable way. And going into this fourth year, with it being the New Year's, you know, the whole New Year, New Me bullshit, everybody seems to pull it out, some arbitrary date, January 1st is the day that you're going to change your life. Well, as much as I may despise this whole, oh, it's January 1st, New Year, New Me shit, I have to sit here and say that since this is the first episode of 2023, it's probably a good time to bring out the fact that, once again, we're making a couple of changes around here. The biggest change being that, from the very beginning, and of course I always have to go back, from the very beginning this show was my way of dealing with all the bullshit going on in the world and everything to piss me off. That's what the major malfunction was originally about. And then, of course, it 
got renamed the Tarrant because that's what everybody at my job at the time called it when I would go off on my little mini rants. And of course, Tarrant has become the sports brand for TerryWilkerson.com. Tarrant Sports, check us out on uh, Twitter at Tarrant Sports. You can't check me out on Twitter anymore because I've been permanently banned. Not my account, me, me the person. Terry Wilkerson has been permanently banned from Twitter. Yay. Why? Because apparently my uh, my profile, which has been around since 2010, so 12 years, uh, was designed only for harassment and violence. That's what I was told. So, at any rate, we go all the way back to the beginning, the major malfunction, and you've seen and heard some remixes and, and updates of the original episodes on this program. And we kind of... Uh, I've bounced back and forth. I keep saying we because it's just a habit from listening to radio shows my entire life. I've bounced back and forth between how I want to handle the show and what the format is. I'll have the Q&A or I will have the, um, you know, the major malfunction or the five-minute walk and what have you. And it's all kind of a, a mishmash. And the truth is, the I'm struggling to find a format because I, I realized I don't have a format. That's not how I work. I don't like having a format. And, and it's strange because I'm typically a very structured person. I like being able to know what I'm doing moment to moment. I love having the um, I, I love having a planner in front of me. I love having calendars and knowing what's going on around me. But I can't do that with this show. And if you're uh, somebody who's been with me for a long time and you've dealt with the up and downs. I, I thank you for it. Well, um, from here on out, this show is really just going to be a fly by the seat of my pants type of thing. I mean, I have segments lined up that I could pull out. I might do them on a week to week basis. I might not. I don't know. I'm not going to know until the show actually goes into production. We're flying by the seat of our pants on this one. I came into doing a podcast to get my mind straight and to get my frustrations out with the world. And that's where it's going to go. And going into 2023, this entire media scenario that I've built, terrywilkerson.com, the uh, message boards, by the way, at terrywilkerson.boardhost.com. Don't forget, you can find a direct link to them on the website. Um, the Tarant Sports brand that I'm working to build on. And Tarant Sports is going to have a 2023 wrestling year-end awards episode coming up very soon. All of this media stuff that I have built up is just going to be run however I want to run it because I'm tired of trying to act like everybody else. I'm not Ben Shapiro. I'm not Rush Limbaugh. I'm not... Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure as hell not Glenn Beck or Sean Hannity. You know, I'm not Mark Levin. I'm not any of these media empire guys. I mean... Obviously, I take a little bit from most of them. Um, not so much the Mark Levins of the world. I mean, that's a guy that's really gotten on my nerves lately, especially with the entire Speaker of the House bullshit. He just, he overstepped his bounds. He became a McCarthy swamp dweller. But that's neither here nor there. So I'm not Rush Limbaugh. I'm not any of these guys. I'm Terry Wilkerson. And I'm going to start presenting things to you the way I do them. It, it, I'm not out here to find a way to mimic anybody. I don't want to mimic anybody. I sure as shit don't want to mimic uh, Howard Stern sitting in his 
goddamn glass bubble wherever the hell he is right now. I don't want to mimic Joe Rogan because, quite frankly, I have no desire to talk to celebrities. I've met several celebrities in my life. One of my rules of life is never met your heroes. They will always let you down. And never meet, will never meet your heroes. They will always let you down. And never meet your zeros. They will always prove you right. That's one of the rules I live by. So I have no interest in sitting here and talking to celebrities. I do have an interest in talking to ordinary Americans, so... Once again, I'm going to put it out there. If you want to be on the show, just to be able to say, hey, I was on a podcast or I was on this show. I was on the Terry Wilkerson show. Just hit me up. Hit me up on uh, you know, on the website. You can contact me that way. My business contact information is there on the website. It's not difficult. I have a business phone number. You know, you, have doo -doo 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 -doo. you dial the numbers. That's what phones are for. Or you can leave me a, an email. You can subscribe to the newsletter that will actually eventually go out. Hit me up on any of the social media that I actually do have. I am on. Um, I have personal accounts on MeWe and Wimpkin. If you know those account names and you already got them, but if you want my biggest public account, of course, it's on Getter at tl underscore Wilkerson. Because again, I'm not allowed on Twitter anymore. They don't have a problem with my sports account, but they have a problem with my personal account. That's neither here nor there, right? I mean, Twitter can do what it wants to do. It's a private company. It's also a private company that's being run by a megalomaniacal Bond villain. You guys know how much I distrust Elon Musk. I'm not going to sit here and say I hate him because I don't hate anybody. Hate and love are not opposites. They're the same side of the coin. They both require passion. The opposite of love is indifference. The opposite of hate is indifference. There's a life lesson for you. So, if you want to be involved, hit me up. I have no problem interviewing. I have no problem hearing feedback. I love it all. So, America, this is my show. This is going to be... The, the 2023, everybody says, oh, this is my year. This is my year. Well, this is not my year, but this is the year where I reclaim me. I don't really give a damn about what anybody thinks about the show. I'm here to do my show. Nobody else's. So if that's a little bit, uh, if that's a little bit crass for you, well, you probably weren't interested in this show to begin with. I do want to bring this up. It is January 7th, 2023, as I am recording this episode, and it marks one year, 365 days, since my last day of working in a restaurant. One year ago today, I left an industry that I had been in for about 30 years. And it's been a weird year because, you know, you... If you've ever worked in the restaurant business and you've ever gotten out for even a brief period of time, there's moments where you miss working in the restaurant because there's a rush attached to it. There is a, a certain amount of adrenaline, there's a certain rush associated with getting your ass kicked on a Saturday night and you know not getting out until 2 o'clock in the morning. There's a certain addiction that comes with that type of business. And a year ago, I walked away from it, wondering if I was going to walk away from it permanently. This is the longest I've been out of the restaurant business since I began. And I have really no desire to go back. I mean, if 
There, there is one particular restaurant that if I ever did go back, it would be the only one that I would bring myself to go back to, and you know who you are. We're now at a year that I've gone, and uh, my lovely fiance asked me, you know, well, how in that year did your perception change compared to what you thought life was going to be like out of the business compared to what it is? Let me tell you, it, it's a dif- different world different world altogether to go from the service industry to i'm i'm i guess technically what i am is a legal secretary i work for an attorney to go from getting your ass handed to you for lunch and dinner and getting covered in sweat and and melted cheese and grease and bearnaise sauce from getting yelled at that a filet mignon was cooked two degrees under what the customer wanted to an industry where I'm sitting in a controlled climate office, mostly typing up letters, doing legal pleadings, where I'm in complete control of the pace and the tone and the tenor of everything that I do, where I can actually reach out to somebody if I have a question and get an answer and make sure that everything is 100% before I do it. That's my type of gig. I don't have the emotional problems that I had working in a restaurant. I I don't have the level of stress. There is stress in my job, make no mistake. But nothing compared to, hey, they just sat a party of 45 and we're on a four-hour waiting list. Nothing like that. You have to get things done. You have to get them done quickly in my job now, but... You have the ability to proofread. You have the ability to make sure that everything is 100%. And it's very relaxing in that respect. No matter what level of stress you have, it's relaxing because you can take your time and do it right. You have people to ask for help. And it's beautiful. I miss the restaurant business. More to the point, I miss some of the people in it. Some of the people in it. I was not a big social guy. I'm not a big social guy to begin with, but I certainly was never very social with my coworkers or employers. I never even went to, I think in my entire restaurant career, I went to one holiday party at, a, at my job. One. I've also gone to exactly one holiday party at this job. I miss some of the people. I miss some of the interactions. And there are times, like I said, where I miss that little bit of an adrenaline rush. But what I've come to not miss is I don't miss coming home covered in sweat. I don't miss coming home and having to take off my work shoes and put them in the trunk of my car because they smell like grease and chicken. (laughs) I I don't miss the feel of, of raw chicken on my hand. I still do a lot of cooking around the house, so it's not like... I'm not cooking. I still do. I still love to cook, but now I get to cook my way. The most significant part of changing careers and going from working in the restaurant industry to going to working in a law office is probably the one thing that people wouldn't even consider. When I have to pee, I get up and I go to the bathroom. I don't have to ask anybody to watch my station. I don't have to ask anybody if anything's coming in. Do I have five minutes? No. I get up and I go to the bathroom. 
And as a grown-ass adult who lives by the code of it's my way or no way at all, you know, my, my code is I am going to do for me first. For somebody with that type of attitude, the ability to just get up and go to the bathroom whenever you want, that is a major, major difference from the days of, hey, how many people are sat? Do I have five minutes to go take a leak? Very different world and in phenomenally relaxing that I can just get up and go whenever I want. And, you know, if I need to run over to the drugstore for something, you know, I, I work in Center City, Philadelphia. The closest we have to a grocery store is a, there's a Walgreens on JFK Boulevard. I get up if I need something from the drugstore, if I need Tylenol or something, I get up, I go to the drugstore and I get it. That's not something that was doable working in the restaurant business. So there's a lot of differences in the two industries. The stress level is different. The stress is still there, but it's more manageable in an office setting. The, the, I, I actually want to get in there early and get into my office and sit down and get things done. And what's intriguing more than anything is that I have learned some really interesting facts about life while working in a law office. One of them being this perception that I had my entire life that to be able to do a court filing or what have you, you had to have some special license and some special training and you had to have been to law school for a certain number of years just to do anything. It's a load of bullshit. This is a perception that I've had and it's a misperception. I'm a normal, ordinary guy. I was a cook for 30 goddamn years. And now I'm doing court filings in the Philadelphia County Court of Common Pleas. In the United States District Court. I'm doing things that I thought ordinary people like me couldn't. And it's really cool. It's really cool to be able to be a part of a process that, I mean, due to uh, a family situation in the past, I've been on the other side of this particular topic. And now I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on not necessarily the good guy side, but I'm on the side of those that defend people. I work for a defense attorney. And now I see the difference. Now I see the difference in the way people view the legal process and the fact that we can sit here and look at an attorney walking down the street and think to ourselves, man, you know, that guy, that's, that's something special. And you know what I've come to learn is attorneys are just normal people deep down. Some of them a little less normal, if you will, than others, but certainly, certainly just regular people. They are people. And so is everybody in the court system. And for me to be able, me as a guy who just 365 days ago, pretty sure the last uh, plate that I ever made in the restaurant was a chicken sandwich with crab imperial on top of it. So from a guy who just 365 days ago was making a chicken sandwich with bacon and crab meat on top of it, to be able to transition to an industry where I'm filing court filings in you know the United States District Court. It's it's really cool. It's really weird. 
And it kind of humanizes things. And that's something I've always had a problem with. I, I'm not good at humanizing other people at all. I'm just not. It's not the way I'm wired. And I think I'm starting to learn to humanize them a little bit. I can't put myself in their shoes, but I can certainly understand a little bit more about people than I was able to before. So what did I learn in the past year? Well, I learned that A, it's great to be able to go to the bathroom whenever you have to. B, you know, climate controlled is really cool. I like not sweating my ass off in the middle of July. And C, I've learned that we all, and I've always known this, but we're all just normal people. And to be able to perform a particular job, a particular task, just takes a little bit of training. And perhaps you can say, so what you're saying is you could do anything you want. Well, if you're talking about logistically, then yes, maybe that's what I've learned. I still don't believe that if you want to, you can flap your arms and fly. But if you want to learn to do pretty much anything, you don't have to be 100% engrossed in the process. You can learn parts of it. You know, I'm never going to be a lawyer, but I can be involved in the legal field for the rest of my working life because I took an opportunity, I took a chance, and I want to thank my fiance for opening that door for me to take that chance. Thank you. I love you. You can take that chance. You can see where it leads you. I mean, I did it with jumping into a new industry. And I did it four years ago with starting a podcast, a website, my own little micro media company. And I guess that's it. I guess that's C. I've learned, you know, the biggest thing of all is that I have learned that taking a chance is the most important thing you can do. And for somebody that's always been very insulated, somebody who's always been very protective of what I was going to do with my life and how I was going to be viewed, this is a whole new world for me, and I am one year into it, and I couldn't be happier. It's just a a phenomenal, phenomenal world. This world we live in, the opportunity, this country that we live in, and the opportunities that we're granted... That's what makes this such a phenomenal world. All right, we're going to take a break here, and we're going to talk about a couple things that actually happened in the United States over the past couple of um, couple of weeks, I guess, because you know we're talking about since late December, since the last time we were here together. So here is your five minute walk. <laughs> All right, now it is time for your five-minute walk. Let's see what's going on in the country. Kevin McCarthy is now the Speaker of the House of Representatives of the United States. He was being held off by, at one point, 20 and then later five Republicans who required concessions in order for them to vote him in. McCarthy was not the right pick, let's be perfectly honest. Kevin McCarthy is a swamp-dwelling World Economic Forum member who has weaseled his way into the, I believe, third highest position in the United States government. 
The five that kept him out of office should have been considered heroes, not dragged down and browbeaten by the likes of Mark Levin and Marjorie Taylor Greene and guilted into voting for McCarthy. McCarthy apparently had to make several concessions before those people would vote for him. Number one being that there is now a provision that it will take one member of the House of Representatives to stand up and and request that the Speaker be removed, rather than what was previously needed, a quorum. This, of course, leads to the immediate idea of Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Ilhan Omar, anybody from the squad or one of these ultra lefties standing up tomorrow morning and going, the speaker is terrible at what he does. Let's get rid of him. Another one that he conceded to was that term limits will be on the table. Term limits should have been on the table from the beginning. It shouldn't have been a question. The fact that we needed a constitutional amendment to limit the president of the United States to two terms is a little bit sad. And the fact that we have to have a discussion about possibly having a discussion about maybe instituting term limits for Congress is even sadder. But Kevin McCarthy finally gave in and said, yeah, all right, we'll let this happen. The other concession, one of the other concessions that he made, and one that I actually happen to really, really like, single item bills. And it's about time that we move to just single item bills on the floor of the House of Representatives. All right. Mickey Witoeft, Widoweft, I believe it's pronounced Widoweft. I'm sorry if I am mispronouncing that. The mother of Ashley Babbitt. She was arrested on January 6, 2023 for jaywalking. Or she was arrested for protesting without a permit. I'm not quite sure which one. I guess it really depends on who you ask. We've heard both. As we all know, Ashley Babbitt was the only person who actually died on or from January 6th. The notion that this D.C. police officer was killed or, or injured and, and ultimately passed away due to injuries from January 6th is a load of horse shit. Ashley Babbitt was the only one who died as a result of January 6th, and she was murdered, yes, I use that word, by a government agent. The video that we've seen of the Capitol Police officer or the Secret Service agent, whatever he was supposed to be, shooting at Ashley Babbitt. Clearly, anybody with a basic understanding of ballistics or physics can look at that and go, that's not the shot that killed Ashley Babbitt. So, she was killed another way. Well, her mother was involved in a protest, involved in a gathering at the Capitol on January 6th of 2023 to remember her daughter. And, of course, she was arrested for, again, either having jaywalked or for being involved in a um, an, an unsanctioned demonstration outside of the Capitol building. I didn't realize that we had to have a permit to protest outside the Capitol building. We don't have to have a permit to rape and pillage and burn down cities. So why do we need to have a permit to protest outside of the Capitol? Doesn't make any sense. But her mother has been arrested and apparently immediately put on bail and released. So that's what's going on. That is your five-minute walk. And that is what's going on in the country and your big news that's been going on over the past couple of weeks. America, you know 
I love this country. I love everything about it. I'm, I've read white and blue running through my veins. I know a lot of people use the same phrasing, but uh, I'll, I'll use it too because I, I love this country. I love the traditions. I love the history. I love the freedoms that we have. The Constitution is our guiding force in this country. Whether certain people on the right and the left like it or not. The Constitution gives us certain rights. First Amendment right to the freedom of speech, the freedom of assembly, assembly, uh, the right to practice our religion or avoid religion as we see fit. The Second Amendment, of course, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. And the a United States Supreme Court or a United States Circuit Court, I should say, overturned the Trump era bump stock ban. Now, that was one of the many things that Trump did that I absolutely hated because it's an infringement. It doesn't matter what the intent is. It's an infringement on a right, and rights are not to be infringed. Rights are absolute and eternal. So on Friday, January 5th, of course, the Fifth Circuit Supreme Court, Fifth Circuit Court, not Supreme Court, I keep making that mistake, and you'd think in my industry I would know the difference overturned the bump stock ban saying that the ATF does not have the ability to classify a bump stock gun as a machine gun. So God bless America. This is a great start. Hopefully Kevin McCarthy actually does something worthwhile, helps make this country better. And we see things starting to turn around all over the country, bit by bit, tiny little pieces of our country being reclaimed. It's very heartening to see this happen. And I can only hope that by the end of this year, when 2024 begins and the presidential race starts, that we begin to see the reemergence of America as not only the greatest nation on earth, but we begin to see the reemergence of America ideologically being considered the greatest nation on earth. When people believe in the red, white, and blue, when they believe in this country and they believe in what we stand for, then we can... Then we can start to rebuild. We could start to heal ourselves. We're not going to heal by being divided. Do you understand me, Joe Biden? We cannot heal while we're being divided. We have to be united, if not in ideology, then at least united in the idea that we, the people, control the government and that we, the people, allow each other to live as we see fit. Okay, I'm going to finish off this week with uh, a little bit of wisdom from the Duke himself, John Wayne. But since we're talking about this, I do want to bring out the quote of the week. This week's quote comes from, of all people, Bob Dylan. Quote, I think of a hero as someone who understands the degree of responsibility that comes with his freedom. Really interesting words by Bob, Bob Dylan. You probably just heard Norma Jean again, meowing. There she is. Um, she will not get up on my lap to come and say hi to everybody. So we're going to finish off this week as we normally do. And again, this just seems to fall into place. I don't plan these out. This just happens this way. We are reading from the book John Wayne Grit. Daily Inspiration and Frontier Wisdom for Men. The title is Differences Don't Have to Divide Us. I'm considered a member of the opposition, the loyal opposition, accent on the loyal, 
I'd have it no other way. Speaking at the Kennedy Center celebration for President-elect Jimmy Carter in 1977, John Wayne spelled out his unyielding patriotism in plain terms. The legend did not vote for Carter, but the Duke embraced and supported him as his president nonetheless. Duke wanted America to succeed first and foremost, and he knew that that required a team effort, even if it meant joining forces with the opposite side. If you can look past the differences, you might see what you share more common ground with someone than you ever imagined possible. You might even gain a new perspective or appreciation for something you hadn't considered before, and that's always a good thing. Words of wisdom from the Duke. God told us to love thy neighbor. The Duke tells us to stand by our neighbor, even with ideological differences. One of the many, many changes we need to make, one of the many traditions that we need to bring back to reunite this country. That is all we have for this episode, America. God bless America. I hope you all had a fantastic Christmas and had a fantastic New Year's. And until we see you next time, please remember that your rights are not gifts from the government. A right is absolute and eternal. The moment you allow the government to abridge that right even just a little bit, it becomes a privilege. Privileges can be taken away. Until next time, America, have a great. The Terry Wilkerson Show is produced by 1975 Podcast Productions, a division of 1028 Media. Go to www.terrywilkerson.com for more information. You can find The Terry Wilkerson Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and wherever you download your fine podcast content. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And if you're on a platform where you can do so, give us a five-star rating. That way we can tell big tech that they can shove it up their ass. And until next time, America, stay calm, have courage, and wait for signs.